Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and that there is Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. We are talking about uh, budgets, financial plans. All kinds of fun, Mm. boring stuff. People are, like, sleeping now. No. (laughs) No. They're not sleeping. They're riddled with anxiety. Oh, okay. If they're anything (laughs) like me, they're petrified of this conversation. No, I, you know, I should say, so much of this, and we talked about beliefs and behaviors and all these things that, uh, that, you know, that that go into this. This is where I really need to leverage changing my belief system around money to make this work. And so I'm really looking forward to having this conversation. Uh, Before we do that, head over to TakeControlADHD.com, get to know us a little bit better, listen to the show right there on the website, or subscribe to the mailing list, and uh, make sure you get get each update as it uh, it goes live. We would love to share it with you. You can also subscribe for free uh, in iTunes or connect with us on Twitter and Facebook at TakeControlADHD, and call us. Leave us a voicemail at 503-664-4ADD. Get your voice and your thoughts on this show, 503-664-4ADD. All right, here we All go. Right. Financial plan, budget. All right, very good. Well, first oh, of we all, have before... Oh, Yes, well, I have um, a suggestion from an email that I got from a longtime listener mm-hmm. of the show. Her name is Corinne. Oh, we love her. Yes, and she gave me a good idea. You know, when we were talking about credit cards and impulse shopping and things like that. Well, she sent an email saying that on the clutterdiet.com website, they have a wallet reminder that you can put in your wallet to remind you of considerations before making a purchase. And so we'll put that into the show notes. Um, But what this little card cutout is, is basically these questions to ask yourself before you make a purchase. And they're great questions. And I'm just going to go through them really quickly so people can kind of get an idea of, you know, I need to pause (laughs) before I buy. Yeah, excellent. Um, But questions. Okay, so who owns this already and might share it with me? What do I already have that is like this? Where will this be stored? When will I have time to use it and maintain it? And why do I want to buy this? All really great thought-provoking questions to, to, again, push that pause button and really think about what you need, what you want. What's your reason, you know, behind all of this? So oh, it's anyway, wonderful. yeah, it's yeah. like a little meditation you can do before you. I mean, if you get good at asking those questions, it, it's like a very quick meditation you can do as you walk up to the cash register. That's right, and you have it in your wallet. You know, that's what the whole point is: is to cut it out and have it in your wallet. Yeah, so right. It's you know, put it right next to your credit card so you can't forget. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. So anyway, thanks, Corinne. I appreciate that tip, and I'm sure our listeners do as well. All right. Yes, here we go. Here we go. So I thought, you know, the best way to kind of um, design this show is to kind of split it up into two parts. You know, what is a financial plan? And then we can kind of talk about budgeting a little bit. And according to Wikipedia, Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's how they originally originally pronounced it. It's evolved over the years. Wikipedia. Wikipedia. I thought it was a very generic, good explanation of what a financial plan plan is. In general usage, a financial plan is a comprehensive evaluation of someone's current and future financial state by using currently known variables to predict future cash flows, assets, values, and withdrawal plans. Now, a financial plan can also, and I believe going to throw that mm-hmm. in there, my own beliefs, should include estate planning. So having a will, 
um, because you just never know what can happen. And and you certainly want your family and estate to be protected and and have it be allocated the way that you desire. And um, a will or a trust will certainly do this for you. Yeah, we're doing that right now. It's actually funny. Um, I'm working on that with my parents who are now uh, updating their trust and making sure that all the names are updated and everything. And and I just got it yesterday. My dad says, hey, review this and let me know uh, what you think. It's it's already been notarized and submitted to, um, you know, and, and finalized. And I looked at it and he had, uh, the attorney had done a copy and paste thing and um, miss uh, typed my son's name throughout. So, oh, really? Yeah, and it's a, wow. it's, it's a real pain to go back through and amend those things afterwards. So, you know, it's one of those little things. It's funny to look at what goes into them, the language you need to use to, to get them. There are lots of resources for you to put together a will or a trust um, yourself through services like LegalZoom, but um, they are incredibly important um, and, and allow you to be, I think, just the nature of putting these together allow you to be incredibly thorough uh, mm-hmm. in analyzing, addressing your financial and, um, and material status. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So with, with a financial plan and also like you were saying with the will of trust, there's a lot of different ways that you can get help with it. Um, professionals, there's lots of professionals out there that can help you with this. Um, what I find, you know, using a professional for, for our situation, it seemed to, to work because they're the experts, not me. And so it saved me time for them and, and there's some trust, you know, that goes into this, um, for them to recommend things for me and my family. And I didn't have to do the research. And I also think it kind of gives you that third party perspective and gives you kind of an honest opinion about your situation without really being influenced. And so, um, you know, if you're looking at, at setting up a financial plan, I think going to a, going to a professional is a great idea. There is um, a little bit of a difference between financial advisors and accountants, and this may seem, um, you know, obvious, but really when I looked this up, I was like, okay, well that makes sense. They're not the same role. Um, accountants typically will work with you in regards to your taxes as financial advisors are typically going to help you with your investments and planning long-term, you know, Mm -hmm. for like retirement, college, education, things like that. Um, for a while we actually had our financial advisor and accountant, they worked in the same building. Um, and so whenever we met, we always met with both of them. And that helped. Oh, I mean, that yeah. was, yeah, that was great. Um, but not, of course that doesn't happen everywhere and it, and it doesn't have to happen that way. Um, but if you can find it, it, it is certainly nice to get both perspectives. Um, so a couple of things just to kind of keep in mind when you are looking for somebody, um, either a financial advisor or accountant things that, that we did is we looked or we asked for referrals from other people. Um, we had sort of that initial meeting with them and kind of went off our instinct, you know, do we trust this person? Do we feel comfortable with them? Do they, do we feel like they're just selling to us? Because I am big on that. Like, I don't like being sold to, um, and if I feel like you're selling something to me and you're pushing too hard, then I think you're like, you're doing something bad. Oh, totally. <laughs> yes. Know, like, like I'm going to lose money in this deal somehow. Yeah. Um, right. And you know, it's, I think it's, there is a natural kind of skepticism that a lot of us have um, in, in working with, you know, in advisors talking about investments. I mean, I, I know at least for us, like there is a natural sense that somebody is, particularly if you don't know how your financial advisor is making money. Right. Because, you know, a lot of financial advisors, you don't pay 
yeah. right? They make their money off of your investments in, in yeah. some, some way, shape or form or, or off of some sort of shared kind of uh, distribution with their firm that it, it's kind of hard to take, you know, to take on faith 100% of their advice. So you've got to be really, you've, you, you kind of have to have that trust radar mm-hmm. really working over time. I, I think, I think it's just hard, particularly also dealing with ADHD, you know, it, you're you're not always sure that you're you're able to grasp all the information at once that you might need to make a good decision. Well, and that's a really good point. And that you know, I would say before making any decisions, well, don't make decisions right away. Like in that first initial meeting, like I would take the information that they're giving you and take it home, have somebody else review it with you, even get a second opinion if you want. Um, and that kind of can help you decide whether or not it really is the right plan for you or is there an alternative motive? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's a great point is, is wait to, to make any decisions. For right. Sure. Right. Um, now I'm going off of my own experience, um, when I first started meeting with a planner. And so, you know, just to kind of give people an idea of what to expect, um, they're going to ask you lots of questions. You know, they're going to ask you about your income, your taxes, assets, debts, um, they're going to ask you about your future goals around retirement. When do you want to retire? How much money, you know, like what's the lifestyle that you want when you retire? What are, What's important to you? Do you want to travel? Do you want to stay, you know, home, but in a smaller house? I mean, there's all these different things that you kind of have to think about. They're going to consider your age. Um, and then they're going to look at these factors and you, you know, what I got is I got this, the, this next time we met them, um, I got this fancy report with lots of graphs and numbers of, of like where you are now and what they're recommending and, and it can get really confusing. Um, you know, so basically we would just sit through and look at the report and they answered every question we had so that it was more clear about what they were recommending. And so that just gives you kind of an idea, you know, that first appointment is kind of gathering the information. Second appointment is really getting that report back. Um, and then again, what we were talking about with the decision-making is just take the report back and just sit on it for a little while and see what you want to do. Yeah. Right. Um, I think there are benefits to having a plan. I mean, I think it helps define your goals. You're not just sort of winging through life thinking, well, yeah, I'll retire someday. I mean, this really puts your finances in your control. And I think that this is a big deal for couples, for um, people who, you know, are either married or have a commitment, a lifetime commitment where they know they're going to be, you know, living together. You need to talk about this stuff, you know, do your goals match? Does it, do you guys want right. the same things? And absolutely. So this is an opportunity to do that. It also, um, gives you an idea of how realistic your goals are. Um, they can kind of help you plan, you know, if you really want this, this is what you're going to need to do. So either that's saving more money, reducing debt, adding more income, whatever it is, it, it, it keeps things in um, more realistic terms, which I think is important. And you mentioned the the spouse thing. Can you talk practically, how do you and your husband deal with this stuff? Like, do you guys have a regular gig where you you meet and talk finance? Well, I mean, I think throughout our marriage, we probably have, and I, and I've shared this before on the, on the show that, you know, when we were first um, together, I knew right away that our beliefs around money were a little bit different. Um, when he got that bonus and he, yeah. you know, invested it and I'm like, oh man, I would have gone to the mall. You got lucky it. with him. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so, I mean, right up front, we knew our beliefs were a little bit different. I think that over time I became more conservative, um, with, with how we spend money and how we save. We also have a different situation than a lot of people do because of his disability. And so Mm -hmm. we've had to really keep that in mind going, you know, future, you know, forward thinking. Um, but that's not unusual. I mean, I think everybody should think about that. What happens if, if a spouse gets hurt, what happens if they do get disabled? What's your plan? You know, I mean, I, I, not to be pessimistic, but not in a million years did I ever think we'd be in the situation we were in either when we first got married. Um, so I think it's important. And I think that over time it just became, I mean, finances is just such an important piece of your livelihood. It's, you know, I mean, it's, it's not something to just wing. Yeah. Um, God, boy, that's the truth. You know, we, we do, uh, and, and I know I've talked about this too, but we definitely do a weekly finance coffee. Um, have I talked about our finance coffee? Yeah, you yeah, do I like on it. Sunday nights or Mondays or well, something, now, right? Well, now we actually do it in the middle of the week when the kids are both at school and we actually put it on the calendar, invite each other on each other's calendars, and we meet at a different coffee shop each week. And that has done... <laughs> An amazing thing for us. The experience of going to a different coffee shop each week. It, yeah, it's like fun. it's it's like entertaining. Like we're yeah. not only are we doing our money, but we are uh tasting different coffees and chais you, and we're experiencing different thing, different places. You're putting the fun in money management. Yeah, see? That's right? what you're doing. It's yes. funny management. That's what it is. <laughs> I love that. So uh, so we we've have become really sort of practical about it. And I think that a, a lot of it starts with us just having as simple a tracking uh, machine as we possibly can. Uh, and I know what we're going to, we can talk a little bit more that, about that, but I, you know, I do want to share a little bit about our initial debt reduction plan and now what has become our kind of overall spreadsheet uh, that, that helps us track our goals because that's become hugely important for us and something we were not thinking about. Yeah. Sure. Well, um, so it all started, our, a financial advisor gave, hooked us up with Dave Ramsey's um, snowball debt reduction plan. Are you familiar with this? Well, I'm familiar with Dave Ramsey, and he's actually, in our show notes, I have a couple of his books that I recommend. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. No, he's, I, I, I think, you know, I think he's very much a, you know, tells it like it is kind of guy, and he's not he's not full of a lot of hot air. And I, I can say that only because I've tried this strategy for many years, and it has worked for us. It, it started with a snowball debt reduction plan, and basically the idea is, and you can read about I'll put the link in the show notes about how the debt snowball works. Uh, you put all of your all of your debts in a line with the interest rates and the total balances and the minimum monthly payment in a different you know, column, and and you put them in order, smallest debt to largest debt, right? Uh, and and really, regardless of interest rate. So in in my case at the time, I had you know a Chase credit card at twenty seven percent interest that was just ridiculous, and and uh, you know a line of credit at sixteen percent. I mean, these were things that were just you know crazy. Um, and yet, his plan says, "Have faith. Start with the smallest total balance first, and then you know you look at how much extra money do you have each month. Can you could you cobble together overall the you know up and and above the minimum payment, the total minimum payment? Could you put an extra fifty bucks in, or a hundred bucks, or two hundred bucks, so that your minimum payment for your smallest debt is whatever the minimum payment is plus that two hundred bucks, right?" Mm-hmm. And then you start seeing that go away. And in this case, my first debt was the what I had remaining on a car, uh, and that went away in the course over the course of about twelve months. And it was originally supposed to take you know eighteen or whatever. 
And then you take that total minimum plus 200 that you were paying on the car, and you just take it and put it straight toward the next debt. You don't even have any, there's no thinking about it. If it's auto payment, you take that additional whatever it is, say it's another 500 bucks, and that is added to your minimum payment on your next largest uh, debt, right? So you can kind of see where this is going. Right. As you pay off each of these smaller debts, you're adding the minimum payment to the next largest debt. So by the time you get down to the really big bet- debts, the school loans, the the mortgages, the you know whatever, you're making payments that are that are much larger. Um, you know, in the case of a mortgage, by the time you get to your say your mortgage is fifteen hundred bucks a month, maybe you're making a three thousand dollar payment, and suddenly your mortgage is, goes goes from thirty years to fifteen years. So okay, so that was going to be my question is. You're not just talking about credit card debt. You're talking about all of the no, debt, you're including about, mortgage, cars, anything like well, that. Well, and that's the secret, right, is putting all of our debt. Because a debt's a debt's a debt. And I know a lot of yeah, people don't right. don't kind of believe that. But psycho, psychologically for me, the way my brain works, if I'm paying money to a, a third-party service, that's a debt. Right, uh, right. And, and it's, whether it's at you know 3% or 15%, it's a debt. And I want it out of my life. I got it. I got in trouble with it, and I need to clean house, right? I, I, I recognize debt can be healthy, you know, if you want to buy a car and you, you carry a bit of a debt, but having a lot of debt and not having a plan to get out of it is a problem. So, but, but where it, this became a financial plan for us is to stop thinking about the snowball in terms of just debts, right? Mm-hmm. But to start thinking of it in terms of long-term goals too, right? Let's say mm-hmm. we want to have a, um, you know, a, a, just a safety net of, um, I don't know, $15,000, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just say we want to have cash of $15,000. We put that on our debt reduction plan and start making minimum payments toward it, right? Like it's a debt. Like it's a debt, but we're actually paying ourselves that right. debt, right? And it ends yeah. up being rolled into our the way we think about where our money goes. So we end up paying ourselves every month in addition to paying off these debts. And we're instead earning interest on our own money. So we actually have, wow. you look at our you look at our list in our, our bank, you know, they make it so easy. I mean, you and I have the same bank, so you, yeah. know, you know of this, and I'm sure you are plagued with it too. They make it really easy to just set up on the fly new savings accounts, like on yeah. the web. You don't talk to anybody. You just just click, click, click. Oh, look, it's a savings account. Right. And so we have like 20 savings accounts, right? Because we, we set up a separate savings account for all of our goals. Anything we're planning. If I, you know, if I want to buy a new piece of technology, I'm going to set up a separate account for it and it's going to be my gadget account. And I'm going to put a little bit in each month and until I, I get that goal. <gasps> Pete, you're inspiring me. It's, it becomes... Like I want to stop this podcast and like, <laughs> st- I want to do something different with my savings accounts. <laughs> it's it's That's so great. useful. And I just set up uh, my daughter, you know, she's got, bless her. She's so sweet. She's she loves. Uh, she's she's not a big fan. Of, she has. And we've talked about this. She has the trickle down iPhone, right? She she has an iPhone that used to be mine, and and she doesn't use it all that much. She's not really a technical person. But I got the Apple Watch, and she loves what? the Apple Watch. You have a daughter who's not a technical person. I know. No, I know. <laughs> I, it's the weirdest thing, but she adores the Apple Watch. She adores it, and she has decided that that's. And she just started wearing a watch not long ago, and she's decided that that's what she she wants to that's do. She wants she an wants. Apple Watch, right? She so wants she's to save for it exactly. So she started babysitting. She went to the babysitting class and the first aid class, and now she's Aww. like everything I do. So we logged into the bank together, and she has a little savings account. We set up a separate account that's you know her watch and she gets we get to talk about how much she saves for long term how much she can spend how much she puts toward this little gadget fund and um you know in no time at all she's got a hundred bucks in that 
little gadget that fund that she's fantastic. buying herself. But she understands kind of the importance of, you know, how these savings goals work. And and that is all because of this snowball thing. So I imagine once we get our debts paid off, we're still going to have the snowball plan in place. It's going to be our snowball savings plan because, right. um, you know, with everything that we save with, uh, you know, we have this money that we are currently allocating toward debt. How powerful would that be if it was allocated toward our own investment in ourselves and our family. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Well, I'm totally inspired. It's pretty cool. I, I really like the way you think about it. And it's, the thing that makes it work for me is it's so, so simple. Yeah. Uh, once you get the little spreadsheet set up, it's just, it's like, it does, you don't have to be an accountant, a CPA to actually understand it. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because when I was talking about some of the tips that I put together for the budget, like how to set up a budget, Dave Ramsey's budgeting forms, which you can get on his website and they're free, you can download them, is where I started. Mm -hmm. You know, I took those forms and um, that's where I started with just the creating a budget, trying to figure out where we were tracking or tracking our spending and figuring out where our money was going and stuff. So just to kind of piggyback what you're saying about his book and what you've learned in this process, um, when you're just doing a budget, that's where I would start too. Easy to understand and... um, it's, you know, it's a great way to kind of see how things are being divided and where you need to cut back. Right. Totally. And how you need to say, save for these special savings account and do debt. I mean, I love that. It's great, Pete. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah. I and should, I, think- and I, I should write up a blog post on, on how we do the, the snowball savings plan because that's yeah. been pretty important for us. And, and it's not, that's not part of his debt reduction plan. So. Well, Pete, right. I would like to formally invite you to write a guest <laughs> blog post for take control ADHD. Will uh, you please? I, I would gladly write a guest <laughs> post for take control ADHD. I think I know the awesome. password. I think so. Yeah. So yeah, that's great. Well, hopefully, you know, this stuff helps people because it, it gets them started in thinking of some different ways that we do it. I mean, you know, we're not financial experts or advisors by any means, but um, I know, you know, what from the very first show, we know how important money management is with folks with ADHD. So I hope that this gives people some, some inspiration. You certainly gave me some. So oh, I'm so glad to hear that. that. That makes me very happy. Yeah. So in the show notes, we're going to have lots of different things. We'll have um, Dave Ramsey's books that we both recommend, his budgeting forms, a link to his website. Um, There was also an article that I thought was great, 10 Reasons Why Financial Plans Aren't Just for the 1% by Forbes. This is a good read. Um, because I think some people think, well, I, you know, don't make enough money and and, that's not true. It doesn't matter um, how much money you make. They're, they're good things to have. So, um, yeah, lots of great information. The other last thing I wanted to talk about was mint.com. Um, I've used that as a budgeting, um, uh, tool too. And that has helped because they'll give me notifications of when things are due or if they see unusual, um, spending. Are you using I, it now? Are you, do you, are you signed into that now? Yeah, I, I am signed into it now. The problem that I have with it, and I'll just be very upfront, I haven't come back to, to fix it is because I have one, I use the same bank. And even though I have two separate, um, accounts, one for my business and one for my personal, for whatever reason, mint.com is still, they're combining both of those. And so when I go to look at stuff, it it's not right because, well, that was a business expense. That's oh, not a personal yeah, expense. Oh yeah, that's a mess. Yeah. I so know. for me, I got to figure that out and I just honestly haven't had the time to do it. Um, but what, what is really interesting and what's helped me 
even with that kind of glitch is it pops up with, you know, you have unusual spending. Well, you know, when I did the the 10 day detox, I had to go to the grocery store and I had to buy a lot of special stuff for this that I didn't have in my pantry, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> anchovy paste just wasn't something I had. <laughs> and I know coconut oil. I know people love coconut oil and I just had never used it. So, I mean, it was these like weird things that I'm, I guess that's not weird, but you know, I'm like, I don't what this is. So I had my list. I went to a couple of different grocery stores. Well, I got a notice the next day from mint.com unusual grocery shop spending. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's because I'm getting healthy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> mint.com. We don't truck with healthy. <laughs> I guess not. So anyway, but it, what was nice about that is what if somebody had stolen a card? What if yeah. somebody, you know, it, it does alert you of unusual trends or patterns. And I think that's, you know, that's great. We need to to know that. Oh, that's great. So anyway, enough said on that. There I love you go. It. I love it. So good. Uh, I think that's, I think that's it, right? That wraps us up. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, but I do have some things to talk about that's going on over at the website. Oh, do talk about it. Yes. So we've got group coaching that is open until September 18th. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's important if you're interested in role today, because space is limited. And I also want to just bring up that we're going into the fall and school is going to be starting. College is going to be starting here. Probably most colleges either have started now or they're going to, um, in September. And I just want to remind people of the, um, ADHD coaching service that I do for college students. And, um, if you have questions about that, please email me and I'd be happy to do a free phone consultation just to, to find out what you might be looking for and how I can help people um, who are trying to get that degree. Oh, so good. Yeah. If you know anybody going back to college, share this, uh, share the link and let them know. Yeah. Uh, super useful. Start good habits when you start college. Start That's good right. habits early. Oh, it'll save you a ton of frustration. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, and you know, I want to add something, you know, one of the things we had for a long time was you, you know, when you go to the blog, um, we had a service through FeedBurner where you could add your email address and get the posts like each day when you uh, would post something or, you know, each day that you post something on the blog, it would email to the list of people who subscribe to it. So they're not, you know, it's, it, you're just, you're subscribed to the blog posts. So you don't have to remember, Hey, I got to go back and check, you know, take control ADHD for a new tool, et cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, and that it was just really spotty. It wasn't working very well. And, and Google, Google's support of FeedBurner has been really limited, and so it was it was sort of broken for a long time. Well, that's fixed, and you can now subscribe to the blog. If you go to go to the website, takecontroladhd.com, click on the blog, and there's a little place that says subscribe, a little button right there on the right. Click on that, add your email address, and you will you will once again be receiving the blog each day. Yes. Each yeah. time there's a new post. Each time there's a new it's not every right. day. It's what what do no. you post? And twice a week? I, I'm once post well once once a week for the podcast and then once a week for the blog okay. and they usually are going to be a theme and they're going to you know b piggyback each other yeah, they're i mean related. they're gonna they're related in some way yeah right. um yeah so easy good stuff there you mm -hmm. go all right hey thanks everybody for uh, downloading for listening for subscribing for free in itunes we sure appreciate it on behalf of nikki kinzer i'm pete wright and we'll catch you next week on taking control the adhd podcast mm -hmm.